reading of Colossians 3 verses 1 to 12 can be found on page 1184. Since then, since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your heart on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above and not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immortality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourself of all things of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. The next Bible reading is taken from Luke 12, verse 13 to 21, on page 1045. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, Watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. He thought to himself, What shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself but is not rich towards God. This is the word of the Lord. Perhaps we can do that a little less half-heartedly. If we're going to clap, let's clap. Okay. Thank you, Maya and Tyler. Thank you for reading God's word to us and thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for giving us your word so that we can receive it and hear from you this morning. Amen. Some shortcuts are great and some are really hopeless, aren't they? I remember trying to visit two people, one on Granada Road and one on the seafront. So I visited the first person and that was great and I got in my car to drive to the seafront front park there and I drove down the connecting road between Granada Road and the seafront. I got to the end and found it was a dead end. And so I thought, oh. and I turned right to, in that little maze of streets there and to get to the next road, found that was a dead end too. So 
I turned back on myself and went back along to this end, to turn down the next street, and that was a dead end as well. So I thought, oh, back the way we came. So I turned round to go up to Granada Road, and there's a dustbin lorry has parked itself in the middle of the road, so I can't get through to Granada Road. So I turn around and I come along to the middle road, the next road, and I go up there, and there's another lorry there as well. I'm absolutely blocked into this little section of roads. I can't get in either direction. Finally, I find my way back to the road that I came down, and seven minutes later, I go up exactly the same road that I came down so that I can drive the long way around to the seafront. Well, very frustrating, and it would have been quicker to walk, of course. But at least I was safe, just frustrated. But shortcut stories up in the mountains are much more dangerous, which is exactly what Jesus is saying with this parable. Some shortcuts are dead ends, literally. They won't get you where you want to go, and death may well catch you short. What do you want from life? To be happy? Well, that's kind of the right answer. You, will, you were built for that. But our understanding of happiness is so short-term and so self-focused that we often take an obvious shortcut. It's a well-worn well path, and so many people take that road and speak highly of it that we think it must be right. Let's make lots of money, spend it on ourselves, and then we can be happy. But Jesus says to us, be very, very careful. This shortcut takes you right to a precipice. You're walking along a knife edge like Crib Goch in Snowdonia or, or Striding Edge in the Lake District. At any moment, you might plummet off the side. And indeed, one day you will do. You will fall off the edge. And at that point, you will discover that this was not taking you to real enduring happiness at all. You fool. This is how it will be for anyone who stores up things for themselves, for him or herself. They will suddenly discover that their big barns full of good things won't benefit them at all on the day they die. Last week, I heard the story of a beautiful, talented woman with wealth and power and influence right across her country. And then suddenly, one day, there was a coup and her friends were all being rounded up and shot. She tried to disguise herself as a peasant, but she was caught and she was thrown into a cell. And she was told that the following day, she would be shot. Next day, she was rudely awakened. She was marched out into the countryside by a soldier. She was absolutely terrified. She knew she was going to die, and she realized that her life had achieved nothing of permanence. She began to weep. As her life flashed before her eyes, she remembered a hymn from long, long ago when she was small. What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. She realized that she had never actually trusted Jesus in her life. And despite her terror, 
she determined to do so now. Instantly, peace and joy flooded through her heart. She began to sing that song. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. She sang it courageously. She, she sang it joyfully. And then she moved on to another song that she remembered. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. And as she was singing louder and louder, the soldier shouted at her to stop singing. And she laughed and she said, Or what? You're already going to shoot me. So he tutted away to himself and he, he started digging a hole, her grave. And as he did so, she explained to him this hope, this grace, this, this love, which she had rediscovered, this faith, which was available to him too. How much the father loved her at this moment and how he loved even him as well. And then she got down into the hole in the ground, that grave. She knelt down and she started singing worship songs to her heavenly father as she closed her eyes. And nothing happened. And after a while she stopped and she looked round and she said, why haven't you shot me? And he said, I can't. Whenever I look at you, I see my mother and I can't shoot my mother. Please, please, would you just run away when I shoot the gun into the air and I'll fill in this grave. <laughs> Amen. So this woman not only was saved from being killed, she had also settled her eternal happiness with the Heavenly Father too. And so it turns out that the long way round, the safe route to enduring happiness turns out to be quite unexpected. Heads off in a totally different direction, said Jesus. And this is exactly what's happening in Sarah's baptism. We are heading off. Sarah is stopping where she is now, the life she's lived to date, and she is heading off in a new direction with Jesus. Jesus says it involves being rich not towards yourself, but rich towards God. So how do we do that? Well, Rachel and I have been getting rid of lots of stuff just now. Not so that we can build bigger barns and put more possessions in them, but quite the opposite, so that we can downsize what we have so it will fit into the house which will be half the size of the vicarage that we currently have. As I've been throwing away filing cabinets full of paper, as I've been throwing away clothes and books that I haven't read or used for 12 years, I've been wondering why I couldn't have done that earlier. Well, something inside me was saying, I need to keep these things just in case, in case they'll be useful. But just in case is no longer helpful to us. I need to deal with that inner need to have thousands of books or whatever, because it's part of being a vicar. Books are useless if they're not read, 
if they're not being lent, if they're not being given away. So I need to get rid of what I don't need and what I can't take with me. Hence the table of books out in the front that says, please help yourselves. Not so that you can fill up your own library shelves, but because you think you might read and benefit from them. And it's the same with money. Storing money up endlessly against a future that we can't predict or control can quickly become a self-focused obsession. Like books, money is only useful if it's being used. If it's being used, then it's worth something. If it isn't, then it isn't. And if we want to be rich towards God, we need to use that money on things that would please him. I'm sure you're aware that in the Old Testament, God's advice was to set aside 10% of our income for use in worship and for his people. And in the New Testament, Jesus tells us that everything that we have belongs to God. And I've always felt that the Old Testament was a really good starting point. Unless, of course, you want to go for the PhD in the New Testament and start with everything. And so every St. Jude's uh, Response Sunday, Rachel and I have tried to push up our giving beyond the 10% and into the everything. Take a long, hard look at your money, at your monthly expenditure. Is it pennies for God and the rest for yourself? Or are you releasing more of your income for Jesus to use? And as you do that, as you prove yourself trustworthy to him, he will give you more income, more resource that you can go on using for him. Well, at least as we've been clearing the house, we haven't found any bottles of moldy milk under the bed or any dead rats down in the cellar. That's more that can be said for what's in our hearts, says St. Paul. That's what we really need to get rid of. Pornography, road rage, piling your plate up with seconds, anonymous social media abuse, telling porky pies, texting OMG or saying, oh my God, or using the F word or words for bodily waste as expressions of anger and disgust. Or even speaking discouragingly, disparagingly, and rudely to others. It was pretty sad to see at New Wine campers who were probably Christians getting angry with stewards who were almost certainly Christians and were definitely volunteers for telling them to do something they didn't want to do. The long car journey in the rain, cooped up with squalling children, may have been an explanation, but it was no kind of an excuse. On the other hand, there were lots of people there who were smiling and encouraging others despite the torrential rain and uh, learning their annual discipleship lesson from the Lord for his church. Whatever the situation, God is good all the time, all the time. In verse 11, Paul touches on something different, something very relevant to us today as we're thinking about Brexit. 
in the kingdom of Christ, there are no Jews and Greeks. There are no French or German or Romanians or Polish or Syrians or travelers or indeed Americans or British. So get rid of any hashtag go home name calling or inhospitality to those who speak or look differently to you. For Christ is in each one of us and we are all of Christ. As Jesus said, these appetites and thoughts that you have, they poison you on the inside. And what comes out in word and action poisons other people as well. Just clear it out. Imagine asking someone for a, a glass of water because you're thirsty and you're given a beautiful cut glass crystal tumbler. And that crystal cut glass tumbler is full of rank, stagnant, slimy, smelly ooze. That's what people often get when they ask us for a little understanding or help or kindness. You need to spring clean your hearts and then you'll have clear water, clear spring water, refreshing water of hope and generosity and life to offer others when they are thirsty. I guess you know that you can't be insured against legal fines for wrongdoing. People have tried. It's now not allowed. We think that having more money will get us out of trouble. But though it might work in this life, at least to pay for a better class of lawyer, if nothing else, it absolutely won't work in the next. So focus on Christ and on what he thinks is important rather than on the world's urgent trivia which can't, um, uh, which can't uh, save you from uh, judgment from God as to how profitably you used your life for his kingdom. Again, this is absolutely the message of the baptism service. Stop what you're doing. Go in the opposite direction. Trust Jesus. And make Jesus your focus. Living your life according to what he thinks is important. Just imagine, like Jesus, you had three years left. Or like me, you have a month before you go. What legacy would you like to leave? More rubbish to be cleared out by the executors? Or memories of blessing in the hearts of those who love you and a judgment by God appreciating the life that you have lived? Well done, my good and faithful servants. Enter into the joy of your Lord. So please, I beg you, trust Jesus with your life. Give him the possessions that you temporarily own. Clear out the toxins in your heart and clothe yourselves, as Paul says in the final verse, with compassion, with kindness, with humility, gentleness, and patience. And that will make you rich towards God. And he will give you joy. Now 
and forever. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Amen. Shall we pray? Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for your warning about the things in this world that we can trust which are not trustworthy but which lead us inexorably to our own destruction. We ask that you would give us the clear, clarity of vision and the courage to trust you. And that as we do so, we would release to you what we have and that we would clear our hearts, spring clean our hearts of the rubbish that we have been gathering in them for all these years. By your Holy Spirit, would you cleanse us and would you use us for your glory that we might join with you in your blessing. Amen.